Hey there, Wild Night Squad. The year is 2021. It's time to clean up your act. Well, mostly. Get your hands on a bar of Sleepy Dragon Soap. Sleepy Dragon Soaps are handmade, vegan, and full of skin-loving ingredients like avocado oil and shea butter, giving you a super creamy lather. From now until February 28th, my listeners will get 10% off when you use promo code Rocky at checkout. Just visit etsy.com slash shop slash Sleepy Dragon Soaps. Follow them on Instagram at Sleepy Dragon Soaps. Sleepy Dragon Soaps. Ethical luxury. I'd like to do a song of great social and political import. It goes like this. Well, I decided to escape here because I am not in charge and there ain't no souls depending on me. So I thought I'd put my feet up, give my brain a little re-up cause you gotta fill your own cup, yes indeed. As I sat in Cancun airport after my pandemic trip, I had to squeeze and squint and strain on both my eyes. What I saw was disbelieving and my brain must be deceiving now my plane is up and leaving but that was ted that was ted that was ted in mexico he's hiding out he's running scared he's laying low what he said to the attendant as he landed here in cancun well it shocked us all and caught us off our guards Puede que no me conozcas, pero me nombre es Teddy. Soy una putita, yes indeed. Cuide mi estado cuando más me necesitaban y estoy aquí ahora, así que... Tengo miedo, cumplaré ya a mis hijas. Ayúdame, ayúdame, ellos sí. She said, I speak perfect English and I know you're lying, Ted. I could tell just from your little beady eyes. But just like Mo Obama, I always take the high road and I can't say I'm surprised that you were here. So I'll just say bienvenido and I hope you like your stay here. Drink the water, it is safe, you'll be fine. That was Ted, that was Ted in Mexico. He's hiding out, he's running scared, he's laying low. Blame your kids, blame your wife, we know the truth. That's it. Welcome to the Rocky Rundown, where you get to learn a little bit about my week. Well, we're still in the pandemic, right? That's no shocker, this never-ending purgatory of knowing when to do my laundry by when I run out of my last hoodie. It's become a form of measurement for me. 
the hoodies. This week, I want to give a few shout-outs and a few recommendations. I'll start with the shout-outs. A couple of my close friends from college have been writing full-length plays, and their work is great. I'm super-duper fortunate that I have a lot of talented and creative friends and be able to say that their plays are great and say it truthfully and honestly and from a place of pride, just so proud to be friends with people who have these light bulbs of ideas and then they follow through with them. So congratulations to you guys. A lot of these plays are just in the early stages. So hearing them out loud and hearing the work that's been putting to them and how good they are already when they are edited and things are taken away and added, it's just going to keep enriching them. And I just, I don't know. I love having really creative people in my life. I know you guys come here for the down and dirty stories, but we like to get real on wild nights too. Ideas become things, people. If you're a dreamer, then follow that dream. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not pretending to be. My stomach just growled so loudly on the mic that I could edit it out or I could just tell you about it because it truly sounded like my stomach had the idea it wanted to be a part of the podcast too. Oh my god. <laughs> That was so funny. Sometimes you can tell your stomach's going to growl. This was a total surprise. Anyways, you must watch on YouTube the pilot, Illegal Allen. It was so incredible. It was enjoyable. I was watching it and I was clicking the YouTube bar to see how many more minutes were left because I didn't want it to end. Have you ever done that? Have you ever watched something and you're like, I don't want this to end. How much is left? You get excited when there's like 10 minutes left, but then you get really disappointed when there's like two minutes left. That was me watching Illegal Alan. So Illegal Alan on YouTube, Alan spelled A-L-A-N. It was nitty. It was gritty. It was a bite-sized episode, which is always my favorite. So watch it, friends. This Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be doing another edition of Wild Wednesdays. This time I'll be talking with the gals from Impolite Society. So tune into that. This past Wednesdays was really successful. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. And so I'm going to keep them going. My guest this week is comedian Gwen Sunkel. Her wild word was sleepover. I know a lot of us are missing grown-up sleepovers, but that was not the direction this story went in, you little pervs. Gwen was an incredible guest. She's so funny, and we had a great conversation that I hope you enjoy. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Wild Nights with Rocky. Hopefully I don't get kicked off TikTok, though, for my side part. That's not going anywhere. Yeah, maybe one day I'll experiment with a middle part. I'm happy to do it. But for right now, let's stop side part shaming people. Come together. Thank you to those who have left a review. It does make a difference. And without further ado... Enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Gwen. Gwen, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. I love your pink headphones. Those are so thank cool. You. Thank you. My, it's my favorite color. Oh, oh Gwen, yes. how has your quarantine experience been? What have you been up to? Well, Rocky, it's been a little crazy. It's been yeah. a little crazy. Yeah. So in my not comedy time, I am a nurse practitioner and okay. I work in palliative care, which is step before hospice. Okay. So people who like have 
have a life limiting illness, but they are still might be seeking like curative treatment for it. They are, um, could still basically be a chance, basically, yeah. essentially mm-hmm. with that. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Obviously we've been very busy. I visit people in their homes. Once we were able to get like a regular access to PPE, we've been seeing people in their homes pretty much since like April. Right. My work workflow hasn't changed too much, but it like outside of work, obviously not doing nearly as much comedy and missing my friends. Would you say that you are uh, missing sleepovers? Oh, so missing sleepovers. (laughs) So Gwen's wild (laughs) word that she gave us was sleepover. Yeah. So let's jump right into it, Gwen. Tell us your sleepover, your wild night sleepover story. So... I moved around a lot as a kid. We never lived any one place more than two years. I moved around a lot because my dad's job. And the summer between my eighth grade year and my freshman year, liminal high school, middle school summer. Yeah, not a girl, not yet a woman summer. Yes, yes. (laughs) Very transformative time. Yes. So we moved from a place I was living where I had like a pretty good group of friends and, and, you know, was feeling like pretty established and, and feeling good. About myself and we moved 500 miles away to a whole new city and can you tough. say what city to what city oh yeah um so I was living in a small town called Greencastle Indiana which is like mm-hmm. an hour west of here it's actually where I was born got um, it my parents moved away and then we came back for a little while it sounds like my parents were in the witness protection program <laughs> <laughs> we protect the innocent and the not so innocent I exactly. always say on this show exactly. so yeah. so and I was moving to Memphis Tennessee so okay. um, I went to high school down there suburb outside of there. You know, we we did the move during that summer. And I was a pretty straight-laced good girl. Okay. And I, you know, I was pretty responsible. Always made the honor roll and everything. Mm-hmm. But I still like to rebel a little bit. I was I was all right. I had a good time, you know. Were I you was, an only child? No, I was the oldest of three. Okay. Um, I did have a lot of responsibility thrust upon me. And okay. so, yes. But, you know, I, I mean, I was buying the CDs with the parental advisory sticker without my mom's <laughs> permission. You know, like I was doing it. I could. Yeah, I, that I my parents weren't too strict with, you know, language and television that I watched they didn't really care I know by accident one year my mom bought me the limp biscuit cd chocolate starfish (laughs) and she bought me the censored version but I know she didn't do that on purpose I she just bought it but you were a bad girl because you had the parental advisory sticker cds yeah I guess (laughs) it was a real small town that I was going to middle school you know you kind of I don't know. It's just like something about living in a small town. You you start hanging out with people that you probably shouldn't be hanging out with. Gotcha. In that summer between my eighth grade year and my freshman year of high school, I started smoking just a little bit of cannabis. Yes, Um, the ganja. The ganja. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And mostly just like at parties, you know, someone would hand you a joint or something and you'd take a a little puff of it or something. Right. Nothing crazy. I wasn't purchasing my own drugs or anything like that. No, no, no. As Cher Horwitz says in Clueless, it's one thing to spark up at parties. Right, right. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, exactly. I was definitely doing like the Clueless level. Yes. So like I wasn't a total newbie to drug use and and partying or whatever, but I was also not an expert by any Mm -hmm. way. Mm-hmm. stretch of imagination. So when we moved and I left behind three really great friends that I was super, super close to, and I was real bummed and I, you know, moved down to this, to this new school and I started this new school. Everybody was kind of snobby and mean, and I didn't have a lot of friends. Right. Um, and I like, 
ate lunch in the bathroom by myself. Oh no. <laughs> was, uh, yeah, yeah. So um it's a that's a big difference to go from, you know, yeah. having a, a crew that you find, especially when you've moved so much. Yeah. Finding a crew and then, you know, eating on the toilet. Yeah, exactly. And at the old school I had gone to like school um in Indiana, they had like a rule that like if you played school sports or you had a parking pass that gave them like probable cause or whatever to to do random drug tests. So like okay. everybody yeah, it was the dumbest thing in the world. Anybody who like wanted to park on campus, you had like a hang tag, you would go in this. I don't know if it was like one of those bingo rollers or or what, but they were picking a name out of a hat and you were coming down to do a drug test if you parked on campus or you played a camp school sport. Got it. I, and I played volleyball in high school. So same. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> now, this is how old I am. I played before, like, they changed the rules to make it a more interesting game. Okay, so I think I, this is how old I am. I was playing when they changed the rules. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I th- I was playing, was like. Shortly t- after, yeah, yeah. So. 2003, 2004 is when I was okay. playing. Um, okay. And by playing, I mean, I was on JV, got mm. really into doing the scorekeeping for the nice. varsity team and yeah. my parents came to see a plethora of games where I was the scorekeeper. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was not very good. I, I didn't play volleyball in high school after that. I am not very coordinated. Mm. And also one of the things that they're looking for in uh, organized sports is consistency. They want mm-hmm. you to be able to like, you know, do the same thing every time. And Yeah, uh, they're not looking for flutes. <laughs> Right, right. It turns out I was a fluke. Uh, So anyway, I remember like one of the first volleyball practices I'm at. I was like, "Hey, uh, other people on the volleyball team, (laughs) does playing in a sport make you like eligible for drug testing?" And because I was like, because at my old school it did, and everybody was like, "What are you talking about? Oh my god, nobody uses drugs. Who uses drugs?" So yeah, so it was like two diametrically different cultures Mm -hmm. and everything so it's like okay I guess I'm not going to be using drugs while I'm here mostly because I don't know where to find them bummer Uh, right yeah yeah but it was like you know it wasn't that big a part of my life so I didn't care yeah so for fall break which is like you know October of my freshman year of high school my mom is going to take me and my sister back to the town that we had just moved from to visit some friends for the long weekend I'm very excited about this Mm -hmm. trip and my three very good friends and I were going to have a sleepover. Great. Uh, together. So this is where, this is where we get into the, <laughs> into the meat of the story. <laughs> so Saturday night of that weekend, I'm going to stay at my friend's house. Her parents live pretty far out in the woods and they have like a cabin on their property that was okay. like not super rustic. It had electricity to it, but it was, it was camping-ish, you know? And so we would often stay there for sleepovers. What was going to happen on this particular night is that I was going to sleep over their house on Saturday night and my mom was going to come by at like 7 a.m. on the dot to pick me up because we have like a nine hour drive back to Memphis. Like you can stay over with your friends but like I'm coming to get you at seven and mm-hmm. this is okay all right I get to the sleepover hanging out with my friends find out one of my friends has brought us some cannabis the, some Ooh. some ganja and I'm, I'm so excited I'm like yeah we're, we're back to how things are supposed to be in Gwen life. is back baby she's <laughs> with her people she's getting high yeah yeah <laughs> we're eating a Totino's frozen pizza and reading each other's tarot cards of course right? you know you know like you do and yes 
afraid. I say as I have my tarot cards right next to me. Uh, I love tarot. Yeah, no, I love We smoke this cannabis and shortly into it, I realized that something is not right. Something is, this is, granted, I've only been high, you know, five or six times previously, but this is nothing like Mm -hmm. how I've been high before. So anxious. I felt like my skin was crawling. My other friends are all freaking out too. My one friend is just like in the corner crying all night. Oh God. My other friend is convinced that there's a baby in the oven and that the oven is on and that (laughs) like were roasting a baby and, and and there was just like no consoling her she's just like kneeling by this you know little tiny like yeah. apartment oven just like ah! <laughs> the baby the baby not the baby, the yet. baby the baby all I can do is sit there and think okay you've been high before it doesn't last forever Mm-mm. at most it lasts a few hours yeah. so if you can just get through this next couple of hours it's going to be okay so I lay down on the couch and there's like a, a digital clock right next to me with the little like red numbers that. Flip. Yes, I know the one. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like it makes a sound when it. Yes. Flips. I'm laying there next. And I, I remember laying down and closing my eyes for as long as I can possibly stand to get me further through this because the whole thing is to like have to let enough time pass. So I lay there just shaking, tears rolling down my face. I must have laid here for two hours. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Surely this is almost over. I open my eyes and the number has moved one minute oh my god what a fucking nightmare yes that's what I did for the rest of the night was just lay there rocking back and forth I'm just gonna close my eyes as long as I possibly can and when I open them up at least some time will have passed and every time it had been like two minutes that was the longest I could go and your friend's still crying everyone is still crying we are at like out of our gourds yes 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 then the next morning you know my mom is coming to pick me up at 7 a.m and sharp yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am sitting on the porch just like, oh, like, <laughs> like ready to go, but also be cool, be cool. Don't let her know. Don't let mom know, you know. Yeah. I get into the van. I lay down in the back seat. Oh, we were up really late and I'm very tired. And I am still just high as balls. Right. Just laying in the bench seat of the back of the van, shaking back and forth. And all I can think to myself at this time is like, oh my God, this is why they told us not to do drugs in school Nancy yeah. Reagan was yeah. right yeah I should have just said no yeah and dare I, to resist yeah I had won an essay contest in the fifth grade through the dare contest do you think they're gonna take back my savings bond Gwen is a fraud <laughs> right they're gonna take back my $50 savings bond <laughs> looking for candles that are not only funny but also quality Check out Sass and Shit, unapologetically sassy. 100% soy candles and only the top shelf oils used. Never drop shipped, so you're always talking to the people who make your order directly. From now until March 7th, my listeners will get 15% off their order with promo code WILDNIGHTS. Visit sassandshit.com, that's S-A-S-S-N-S-H-I-T.com, and follow them on Instagram at sassandshit. There has never been a better time to send a funny candle to a loved one sass and shit unapologetically sassy i got to thinking back trying to remember okay 
I don't feel like that was weak. No, 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 no. Surely something about this, something was wrong with this. Right. right. I get to thinking like back to, you know, my dare education. And I'm thinking about when they were describing what PCP felt like. Yeah, I was going to guess this was some <laughs> angel dust action yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, I was, it was just light bulb went on and all these inception dots connected. And I was like, holy shit, I am 14 years old and I just smoked PCP. Right. Right. I thought this just happened all the time. You just like never knew if you were going to get weed with PCP in it uh-huh. at that point. So I didn't use drugs again until I was 22. Wow. Okay. So that's like a good difference in time. Made, yeah. I mean, it made like a profound impact uh, Yeah, on, on me. And, and it's not that like I was opposed to them for other people or whatever. No, no, no. Yeah, this is not my jam at all. I'm already a little, a little on edge. I don't need more of that. Now, so. did you discuss with your girlfriends, were you guys all putting the pieces back together, were you saying, hey, gals, definitely think we smoked some angel dust? No, because the only way we could talk about this was on the phone. Mm-hmm. My mom would listen in on my phone calls sometimes. Okay, so yes, you didn't have the privacy <laughs> element. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean, five people living in a house, even if I, I don't want to say that my mom was like invading my privacy listening to my phone calls or something, but this was back when you had like a landline. And yeah. Some- pick it up and be like, hello, you know, or even just walking by my bedroom door. It's not like it's airtight or something. Yeah. You're like whispering, I think we did PCP. (laughs) Exactly. Like I, you know, come to think of it, I'm not sure we have ever talked about it. So friends, if you're hearing this for the first time, get at me and let me know if you also feel like we smoked PCP. I can't believe that you were never just being a woman in general. We are so talkative, chatty, wanting to like decipher every single thing that happens with our friends. So the fact that you didn't have the opportunity to go back and tell anyone and you didn't have the opportunity with a friend group in Memphis to tell them about it either. This is just like a secret you're harboring. Yeah, totally. It was, it was, it was bananas. And then there was like another girl who went to my high school, like the new high school. Yes. Whose brother had had like a similar situation, but it had induced like a, like a psychosis and he had Mm. institutionalized. And there was like, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like this rumor around school. This is why you don't do drugs, man. And I was like, oh my God, I could have been that cautionary tale. Yeah, definitely. But um, honestly, it helped me be the successful adult that I am today. Because if I have continued casually using drugs at a young age, I don't want to be like the person who's like, oh, you know, cannabis is a gateway drug or something. If you know somebody selling weed, you also know somebody selling other drugs. And so like, that's what makes it you know, kind of a gateway is like yeah. the access to it, I think. There's um, a couple reasons why it's a gateway too. You know, weed is, especially now, it's becoming legal everywhere and a lot of places. And people know for the most part, if they do smoke weed, it's, it's a chill drug. I mean, I don't, you're not, you shouldn't be driving on it or anything like that, but it is a chill drug and you do it to chill out. But if you do weed because of the taboo nature of it, mm-hmm. that's what I think leads to the other things. You're like, oh, well, if I did weed we can try this drug or we can try this drug. Have you exactly. ever tried salvia? Uh, no, I have. So this has left a, an incredibly bad taste for like psychedelics and hallucinogenics, dissociatives. With okay. Me. 
in because I'm very scared to try any of that. I've done mushrooms a couple of times and I've done acid a couple of times since then, but it was not until I was like in my thirties that I did these. What did you think of mushrooms? So for me, they made me really nauseous. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. The being sick to my stomach for two days afterward was like not worth the amount of effect I got out of it. Okay. But people tell me they're like, like with anything, people are like, you're just doing it wrong. You know, it's like, you need to. No, it does make you a little nauseous, but did you feel like you had any kind of breakthroughs on it or no? I didn't really feel like I had so many breakthroughs, but it was like, you, you know, you definitely get that like big serotonin dump, you know, the next yeah. day when you're feeling, you're bopping around like, yeah, this is good. This is good. Yeah. And like everything just looks prettier, sounds better, mm-hmm. you know, feels better. So, but not in a way that is like out of control. Right. Yeah. Especially done in a safe place. Like I, I have no desire to do mushrooms indoors or, you know, walking around. People will like to do them like walking around Manhattan or something. That's not really my jam. I want to be like with friends, feeling safe, doing it in the woods. Now I want to ask you also, what was your first experience with marijuana like afterwards what made you say okay I think I'm ready so I was in college and I was having like a terrible time sleeping huge problem sleeping so a friend of mine suggested I try it she like smoked recreationally Mm -hmm. not like a daily user but you know on weekends or something she was like yeah I think it would really help you and so I did try it and I looked at just fine perfect Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I realized, oh my God, this isn't that experience that I had at the cabin. (laughs) Yeah. This isn't laced uh, with anything. The first time I ever did it, I was actually, I guess, a late bloomer to the game of weed. I had a boyfriend in high school for a long time, long term, who was the biggest pothead. I mean, this kid was smoking blunts every day to the face. I never, I liked drinking, but I never was thinking, oh, you know, I want to be high on weed probably because that same, the stigma around it, you know, Mm -hmm. even though he was a gentle giant, like I, you know, you have that stigma about it, what you learn in school. So when I had gone away to college, I came back and it was towards the end of my freshman year of college. I came back to my hometown and I was still seeing him and I kind of had felt like our relationship was drifting apart. So I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll get high with him and this will, this will fix everything. Oh my God. Did, did it solve all your problems? It surely didn't. He in fact got another girl pregnant um, (laughs) about a month later, but that is a story for another podcast episode. But, um, he, he and I went to one of his friends in my hometown's apartments or houses. His kid lived in like a basement and the whole basement was lined with bongs and smoking pieces or whatever so I got high with the two of them coughed my ass off and then I was like okay this is good like this feels good and then we went back to his apartment and ordered a pizza which traditionally pizza has what uh how many slices you think like 16 or something yeah Yeah. so they cut the pieces a little thinner there so it was like 16 slices or something like that I sat there high as a kite and ate nine pieces of pizza (laughs) to the face yes and then I never looked back this is it this is my new life now yeah yeah that's awesome I feel like another big part of the stigma with it too is obviously dare education got a lot of shit wrong Mm -hmm. but we were all taught as kids that all drugs are equivalent you know like Uh uh-huh 
marijuana is just as dangerous as cocaine, which is just as dangerous as heroin, which is, you know, just as dangerous yeah. as horse tranquilizers or something. Yeah. And everybody tries weed and they're like, well, that wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that TV show. But other than that, I'm not trying to like maybe hurt anybody. Maybe I can handle heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see what this body can take. Yeah, why not? Why not? Maybe I'm some kind of superhuman who tolerates drugs better than other people. And one day the, the military is going to study me. Yeah, I better, I better just do I, this. I better when, sh- where's your PCP guy? <laughs> I got a guy. It's actually like really dangerous. I think the way that America classifies all drugs and which is why mm-hmm. I'm grateful that psilocybin is becoming legal in a lot of places for mm-hmm. therapy studies and depression and yeah. that weed is becoming legal because it, it is dangerous to classify all those drugs together and it's Absolutely. ignorant to do so and it's it could generate a lot it's racist and it can generate a lot of money into our economy if they just were like hey mm-hmm. this is a positive this is a positive this is a negative and I guess we are leaning in that direction but I say it all the time I'm like I'll pay a 40% tax on it just to not have to like deal with the headache of getting in trouble or whatever. Yeah. And I, I get that. Like that's a, you know, I'm coming from a place of privilege to be able to say that, but right. it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. What, what are we doing? What are we doing? Please. You know, the amount of revenue that States like Colorado, like have brought in and the stuff that they've been able to accomplish by having that increased tax revenue is it boggles my mind that other people are other States aren't just like jumping on it. Yeah. Why wouldn't they want to Colorado? Have you been to Colorado? Colorado? You know, I have not. It's chill. It's a yeah. very, yes, very it's chill. an extremely chill oh, place. That's... You wake up, you crack off a little piece of your edible that you got at the dispensary, yeah. you know, oh, hang out the ski lodge, do whatever, and just chill out. Everyone feels very mellow there. And that it's the vibe. Yeah, I love it. Now, Gwen, what else do you have coming up? Where can people find you online, on social media, or projects that you have going on? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Gwen. Wonder Woman. You can follow me every Wednesday. I post a wigs day, which is a picture I've stolen off the internet of an animal in a wig. Uh, I love that. I hope that it helps everyone keep their days straight while we're in quarantine because there's a lot going on. Have you Um, ever done a penguin in a wig? Oh, I I should look for that. I love penguins. Yes. So they're normally pugs. Apparently they're pretty like agreeable and food motivated Mm -hmm. animals. Mm -hmm. just wear a wig no big deal yeah <laughs> uh, but last week I was looking really hard for a groundhog in a wig for groundhog's day mm-hmm. like something seasonal for the kids it was pretty hard they were all pretty upsetting pictures of taxidermy animals oh, okay wigs. rest in peace to those groundhogs yep yep and I was like all right all right maybe we'll go a little different direction <laughs> is there a squirrel in a wig maybe uh, yeah something a little less a little less creepy a little uh, less morbid yeah yeah, I was just at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington last weekend. A great place. Check them out. Or then I'll be in person at the White Rabbit Cabaret on the 26th and 27th doing comedy there. Are you nervous about doing that? Is it your first in-person show? No, no, no. I've done a couple in-person shows. The places that I've chosen to go are doing the best they can to keep everybody spread out and distance. You have to wear a mask unless you are eating a bite of food or taking mm-hmm. a drink. They are doing a thing where people can watch from home. Um, oh, that's like beautiful. Either, yeah, over Zoom or like at the White Rabbits, it's like a subscription thing. I feel like... 
it, it's hard. It's, it, it, it's hard. It, it's like on one hand, I don't want to encourage people to gather, but on the other hand, if we're like saying that masks and social distancing work, then let's do it. I'm also vaccinated now. So oh, humble brag. <laughs> I don't want to be a bitch to all of you, but I've been working in healthcare for the last year during a pandemic. So um, she's essential, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if I can help these venues stay open by doing a show, and the other thing about like comedy is it's like you know we don't have to practice and rehearse together we're yeah. not on stage get together you know we're like rotating mics out so it's as safe as we can possibly be there aren't any right answers we have to learn to live with this as well because I sincerely doubt this is going to be the last time in our lifetime that there's thing where we can't breathe the air yeah I I do think you're right about that I do think you're right about that. Well, Gwen, this yes. has been so much fun. I really appreciate you. you sharing that story with everybody. I feel like it was cathartic for you too, because that feels like it was on the inside for a while. It was. <laughs> I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Oh, no. Mom, did she's you know listening on the phone. Did you know I was on PCP, mom? <laughs> And imagine like I just picture her going back home to Memphis and telling your whole family, I picked Gwen up from the sleepover and that bitch was on PCP. <laughs> Can you believe it? it? That's her last sleepover. Yes, yes. <laughs> this was a blast, Gwen. I'm going to share all your stuff so everybody knows to follow you because you are extremely funny. Thank you. So I appreciate you being on the show and I appreciate as a just an American and a citizen of the world, I appreciate you being essential. So thank you for your hard work thank there you. too. Yeah, Bye. thank you. Bye. Bye.